Good evening, everybody, and welcome. Tonight, we are continuing. We're in the third class of the introduction to Shar Habitaka and the Gate of Trust. We're learning all about trusting in Hashem, and specifically, we're learning now 10 benefits that a person who has in a person who relies on Hashem, a person who has trust in Hashem, has. Previously, we learned the first two. The first two being, and I'm sharing here a handout I sent in the email yesterday. The first benefit was tranquility of one's soul, free from worry as a result of his reliance on Hashem, just as a servant is bound to place his trust in his master. So the first benefit, hi Mark, is I'm not worried. Everything is in Hashem's hands. It's a, it's a feeling of, ah, that's the first benefit. The second benefit is I'm not concerned about other people. I'm very concerned to be a kind person. Let me rephrase it. Of course you're concerned for other people. That actually came across incorrectly. Let's use the wording on the page. Independent from other people is more appropriate. I'm independent. I'm willing to, I'm willing and I'm able to make the appropriate choices that are correct for me. I'm not worried what others are going to think. And we've begun talking about the third benefit of someone with trust is that you don't have the worry of sustenance. Your food is guaranteed. And we're in the middle of saying how someone who has true bitachai, Someone who truly trusts in Hashem, relies on Hashem, like that picture you see of the So he's relying on his father. He's jumping off a cliff. But he's trusting his father to catch him. We're really relying on Hashem. Someone with trust in Hashem has 10 benefits, 10 advantages over the most secure job in the world at the time then, which was the alchemist. What could be more secure than an alchemist who could just create gold, create money, but even stronger if someone would be talking. So before we jump back into the um, actual text, any questions or comments from the previous classes uh, that anyone wants to bring up? You know, well, let's jump in. Tonight, God willing, we're going to at least learn the, f the first five advantages someone with Bitachin has. And I, I truly believe um, that you're going to walk away inspired. Here we go. Here we go. The Eam, here we're up to midway down page, um, page six. In the handout. The im hu chazak I should clarify, we have two handouts. One of them is the text of the, the text of the Shar Habitachem. 
And the other one is just a small hand that I made um, regarding kind of a breakup of the class. Is someone asking a question that I can't hear properly? No, okay. Moreover, one who has bitachon is actually superior to an alchemist in ten ways. The first one, techilasam, shebal alchemia tsarech lidvarim miyuchadim lamalach. An alchemist has specific materials specific tools that he needs in order to perform his work. And without these tools, he will not complete his work. And these tools are not accessible at all times and in all places. So I'm not an alchemist, but the little bit I know is there's a lot of tools that were necessary to be an alchemist. You have to have the right chemicals. You have to have the right um, metals to be able to touch the different items. So an alchemist has a lot of tools he needs. And the moment he loses the chemicals he needs, the moment he loses the tools he needs, you're in big trouble. And Someone that trusts in Hashem. However, one who trusts in the Almighty has his sustenance guaranteed from God, who can provide him with sustenance. From any one of the means available to him in the world. So someone that trusts in Hashem, he thinks, oh, Hashem will take care of me. Guess what? Hashem got a lot of options. How to take care of you. There are so many ways, as we're going to learn momentarily from the story of Elio, that Hashem could take care of you. There's no tools. In Hashem's playbook, it doesn't say if I'm missing the tongs, I can't make the hot dogs. No. Kim Shama Kotsov, as the Pasuk tells us, the man hoidiacho. Like the verse tells us that regarding the manna, regarding the food that came from heaven, why did Hashem make the man so that he would make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but rather by whatever comes forth from the mouth of the Lord does man live. So yeah, you don't have food. Look outside. <laughs> there may be some seeds that look like sun. Um, they look like, uh, what are the white seeds called? Sesame seed. You, you may see mana outside and just put it in your mouth. And, and now when you eat it, do me a favor and at least pick what you want it to taste like. Right? right? We know the food could taste like anything. Hashem could, could take care of you in any situation. If you're an alchemist, you got certain tools and they may not always be accessible to you. And here, we, the Rabbeinu Bachaya, he... he Here's a story of Eliyahu Hanavi. Elijah the prophet, he was sent by Hashem to King Ahav, 
one of the kings of the Jewish people, King Ahab was married to, anybody know who he was married to? He was married to a famous woman. That's why I'm asking. Anybody know? Now I'll give you a little hint. She, she was a very wicked woman. Oh, Rabbi, I, I think I know. Tell me, please. That's why I'm asking. Uh, wasn't it uh, Jezebel? That's right. Jezebel, exactly. <laughs> Gershon, okay, you get the prize after class. Come on over. I'll give it to you. What is, what is the prize? I'm just kidding. <laughs> that we still have to work out. So Isabel was an idol idol worshiper. She killed many, many, many holy people. Um, and Hashem sent Eliyahu Navi to correct Elijah the prophet to talk with King Ahab. Um, King Ahab, King Ahab and Isabel, of course, they were upset at Eliyahu Hanavi for telling them off, and he had to run away. So where is he getting food from? So all of a sudden, ravens started bring ravens brought Eliyahu food. And later on, Hashem made that a widow that had no food miraculously had food to give Eliyahu Anavi. And, and the story continues that there was, you, you're, you're probably familiar with this story as well, that Eliyahu Hanavi, he made a contest with the prophets of the Baal, that they should try and make a heavenly fire fall on their sacrifices. And that didn't work. And then Eliyahu Hanavi made a heavenly fire fall on his sacrifice, and all the Jewish people saw that Hashem is God. That got only... Ahab and Ezebel even more mad because now Eliyahu and Abi proved that they were wrong. So they wanted to kill him again. And again, Hashem sent angels with, with cakes and water. So, so what do we see here? If Hashem needs, he'll send the ravens to bring you food. If Hashem needs, you'll make, you'll make food without the flour and oil. And if Hashem needs, he'll send angels to bring you water. Hashem could take care of us in any circumstance. Let's see that inside. For no means of providing sustenance is lacking from God at any time or at any place. Wherever in the world you find yourself, at any time period you find yourself, Hashem could take care of you. Let's go now and talk about the story of Eliyahu with the raven. He had no food. Okay, so ravens came. And then a second detail. And with the widow who had no food. And all of a sudden, from basically nothing, she made food. And how Hashem made an angel in a separate instance, instance come with cold baked cake and a flask of water. Similarly, at the same time, under King Ahab's nose, Ivadia which was one of the prophets and, and uh, King Ahab was supporting him, hid a hundred men and took care of them. Like the story of Ivadi with the prophets, where I, whereby Ivadi said, I hid 100 men of the prophets of Hashem, 50 men in each cave, and provided them with bread and water. So you're hiding in the water. Hashem could get you food. You're in the desert with no food. Angels could come. Mana could fall from heaven. But now listen to this. Morbasha. 
Listen to these words. The Amar, we say this in benching, and, and uh, you know, there's an expression we say in, in Yeshiva Chedra. Whoever is here learning together, listen to this puffer that we say so often. And, and But in this context, we're going to just see such a deep meaning. The Amar, you guys know this from benching? Listen to what it says. Young lions suffer want and go hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good. You could be a lion, but the young lions, they go hungry. But someone who, who, who is, is looking after Hashem, someone who trusts in Hashem, they're not going to lack anything. Even the most secure position, the, the strongest animal in the jungle, he could go hungry. The Yamar, Yerash Hashem came after Lerev, and in other words, tells us, fear the Lord, his holy ones, for there is no lack for those who fear him. We don't know how we're going to pay our bills. You may not know, but it's not a big deal for Hashem. So that is the first benefit. That someone who has trust in Hashem, the first advantage of someone with trust in Hashem is over the alchemist. That the alchemist needs tools. And Hashem needs no tools anytime and any place he can take care of us. The second benefit, the second manner in which one who has been talking is superior to the alchemist is that the alchemist needs to perform certain actions and procedures in order to produce the fake silver and gold and cannot reach his goal without them. So in addition to needing tools, he actually needs to do work. But listen to this. Now, perhaps the, perhaps the chemicals were dangerous. It was very unhealthy work. And additionally, it is possible that the fumes of the materials and the smoke which he inhales will cause him to die as a result of him working consistently and spending long amounts of time toiling with them both by day and night. So the alchemist, yeah, he's going to make a lot of money, but he's in unhealthy work. It affects your body. It could literally make you sick. God forbid. Now, if someone trusts in Hashem, does that make you sick? Someone who trusts in Hashem is secure for many mistakes in the present. He also feels secure that no bad will happen to him in the future. Why? This is because he believes that anything that happens to him is from the Almighty and therefore be a cause of joy and happiness. And whatever is happening in your life, Hashem is managing. Your food, your sustenance comes to him in a restful, calm, and peaceful manner. Like it says in verse in, in Tehillim, chapter 23, he caused me to lie down in green pastures. He leads, he leads me beside still water. King David, David, King David is telling us that we're like Hashem's sheep. 
Hashem is going to give us everything we need. And not only will he give it to us, but he's going to give it to us in the most, in the easiest fashion, a beautiful fashion, in green pastures. Okay, so the second advantage of the alchemist, sorry, the second advantages of the person trusting Hashem over the alchemist is that someone who trusts in Hashem, it makes them more healthy. There's nothing, not only there's nothing unhealthy, but it actually helps them having this trust in Hashem. However, somebody, the alchemist, is doing things that are physically unhealthy for him. That's the second advantage. The third advantage is an alchemist is doing something illegal. And if the king finds out, he will be killed. The Hashlishi, the third item of the alchemist, is Tibal The third manner in which one who has Bitachin is superior to the alchemist is that the alchemist doesn't trust anyone else with his secret out of concern for himself. He's afraid that if he tells people about his means of livelihood, he will get punished by the king for engage, engaging in counterfeiting. So the third thing is, the alchemist, he could have all the money, but he's a loner. He has a secret he can't share with anybody. He lives a lonely life. Now, is, are, are you scared to say, I trust in Hashem? Conversely, one who trusts in God is not afraid of telling anybody that is trusting God. On the contrary, he boasts about it. And God, I trusted. I will not fear. What can man do to me? I trusted in Hashem. I'm excited about it. I'm not scared to share that I trust in Hashem. So the third advantage of someone who trusts in Hashem over the alchemist is that you don't have to hide that secret. You're not scared of people. It's not like, oh, if you don't tell anybody that you trust in Hashem because they're going to get you in trouble with the king. No, no. That's not the, that's not, on the contrary. Someone who trusts in Hashem is respected, is loved. I read a story recently of the Jewish community in Iran. Right before, if I remember correctly, it, it happened right after the Shah was overthrown. And around that time, going back not, not so many years ago, the Rebbe was on a campaign to print the Tanya everywhere in the world. And they had printed the Tanya in Iran. And they had printed many Tanyas without finding them. So there were a lot of unbound Tanyas that were just left in the middle of the show because of the overthrow of the Shah. Once that happened, they just weren't able to complete the task. Now, one of the things that the new government did is they said it's illegal to have any books with stamps from the old 
rulership. And if you do, it's, I think it was even the death penalty. In other words, you weren't allowed to have anything from the previous regime. And they enforced it, they went around. Now, the Jewish people were not gonna burn their holy farm. They had many, many holy farms. And one day, two inspectors come. They knock on the door and the rabbi saying the story, he says, he says, I said vidoy. I said my confession. It was the end of my life. But the two, so the inspectors come and he says, I don't know what or why. But right away, I took them to the library and they saw this big pile of unbound books. So they asked about it. And they opened it up to a page. And now these books didn't have the any, any, right? Any, remember, they weren't complete. They didn't have any insignias in them. So the inspector opens it up to a random page and he tells the rabbi, tell me what it says here. And the rabbi, it was all about trust in Hashem. And so when the man, the inspector finishes hearing these, that page, he says, wow, with the book, with a person like this, I'm sure everything's fine. They walked out on left. And uh, nobody was hurt. Thank God. Not only nobody was hurt, all the all the books remained intact. That's the story. Trusting in Hashem is nothing to be embarrassed of. It's something to be proud of. Being a counterfeiter, that's something to be embarrassed of. The fourth advantage of someone who trusts in Hashem. So what are we doing here? Why is is it just petty talk? No, we're trying to tell you. Get excited. We're going to give you the tools over the seven chapters of Shahabi Takla to trust in Hashem and live a different life. But but no, the advantages are tremendous. There's 10 benefits, and in the third benefit we're holding now, there's 10 advantages of someone who trusts in Hashem over the alchemist. So the fourth advantage, Baharavi, Kibala, Kimia, Aina Nimlas Mehazmin, Mehazava Kesef Harbe, lay circuit. You know, money is money is a little stressful. What do I mean? Let, let's, the fourth manner in which one who has to be talking is superior to the alchemist is that the alchemist must either prepare an abundance of gold and silver for a time when he will need it, or he might prepare just enough of it for the meantime. How, should he go ahead and uh, do a lot of counterfeiting? Or is he just exactly what I need now? I don't want to, you know, and as I need it, I'll make it. Well, if he's going to prepare a lot now, you know what's going to happen? Oh, maybe people are going to see I have a lot of money. They're going to tell the king, hey, where did this guy get so much money? It's a little suspicious. If he prepares a lot. He's going to constantly be afraid that perhaps he will somehow lose the fake silver or gold that he has already produced. He will not be able to be calm or relaxed due to fear of the king who might take it away from him and due to fear of the people who may steal it from him. So uh, how much should I counterfeit now? How much money should I print? If I print a lot, oh boy, maybe I can't sleep at night. I'm worried. Is someone going to come under my bed and take all my money? But I also I can't sleep. On the other hand, if I don't, print a lot because 
If, on the other hand, he only prepares enough gold and silver to last him for a short amount of time, then it is possible that a situation will arise whereby he will not be able to produce more fake silver and gold due to not having the necessary materials with which to do his work at a time when he will be in great need for it. What happens if God forbid when he needs more money, he has a fever, he's not able to do his work? What happens if one of his kids was playing with his tools and he lost them? What happens if he just, if, if he needed to, he was on vacation? The possibilities are so many, he can't sleep at night. Now, someone who trusts in Hashem, however, one trusts the Almighty, strongly trusts that the Almighty will sustain him as he, God wishes. We'll sustain him as God wishes and at the time in which he desires to do so and in the place that he, God wishes. So someone who trusts in Hashem, when I, Hashem will take care of me. I'm not, he doesn't have to get, he doesn't have to lose sleep at night. You remember how we, we shared last week the letter of the previous Rebbe, the letter the Rebbe quotes from the previous Rebbe? Everything's going to work out at the end. At the end of the day, we, we all could look back at life at many of the periods of time when we were really concerned and see things work out. So we have two choices. Choice one is to worry and then be upset why we worry. Or choice two is to trust in Hashem. And then when things work out, thank Hashem that we were able to trust in Him. Do we have an example of how Hashem feeds sustains things in this world. He'll take care of it even if, so to say, logically it doesn't make sense. So the Rabbeinu Bachai gives two examples. He says, take a fetus or take an egg inside of, its, inside of its mother. Once the egg is fully surrounded, where is it getting food from? But Hashem makes it get food a fetus in its mother's womb. It's completely surrounded. But Hashem takes care and makes sure it gets the food it needs. Just like the fetus, just like the egg, Hashem will provide. Eliyahu e- Hanavi, Hashem took care of him in the cave, in the desert. Hashem will take care of you just like he takes care of the fetus in its mother's womb and a chicken inside the egg, neither of which have an opening through which food can enter to sustain the fetus or chick. Nevertheless, Hashem provides them with sustenance. And similarly, birds. Birds and fish they don't have food readily accessible to them. They have to work for it. And guess what? The ant, the ant and the worm, they're so fragile and somehow they still eat. So if Hashem could take care of the fetus, Hashem could take care of the chickens, Hashem could take care of the birds and the fish and those billions and trillions and, uh, of ants and worms, Hashem could take care of you. 
for oy, for avir, like the bird in the sky, but talking by yam, by mayim, and the fish in the water. And the small ant, even though it's so weak. Now, what's the flip side? The ant will have food. But going back, what we mentioned before, the lion, the strongest, the king, the king of the jungle, the butter hatarif Contrast this with the fact that sometimes even the lion, despite its strength, lacks sustenance. As it is written, as we sang before from benching, young lions suffer what and are hunger, hungry. But those who seek the Lord lack no good. So strength is now what's going to get you through life. Like we spoke before, it's not going to be your strength. It's not going to be your wisdom. It's not going to be your money. Trusting in Hashem will. The lions are strong. They still go hungry. And similarly, the verse says, the Lord will not starve the soul of the righteous. And this is also, many people say it in Benching. Another verse says, I was young, I also aged, and I have not seen a righteous man forsaken and his seed seeking bread. So when I was young, I saw, when I was old, I saw at all points, there wasn't a righteous man who was forsaken. So the fourth benefit of someone who trusts in Hashem is that the alchemist, it's stressful for him. Should I have a lot? Should I have a little? But the person trusting Hashem will always have what he needs. Let's just reflect back on this handout here. The alchemist, number four, is afraid to prepare large sums in advance, so he worries about the future. Number four. But a person with betaching is confident his needs will always be met in a timely fashion. Okay, the fifth advantage of the one who trusts in Hashem. You know, we learned before that the alchemist is scared to share his secrets. Someone finds out they could inform the king and, and he could be killed. But here we're saying that was he's scared to share his secrets. The fifth benefit we're going to say is that the alchemist is scared of people. The, fifth, the third benefit was you don't have to live in, you don't have to be lonely. Here we're saying the alchemist is scared of people. He, he has to constantly, you know, maneuver things. Someone who trusts in Hashem, not only he's not lonely, but he's an honored person. Let's see that inside. The hachamishi, the fifth manner in which one who has bitachin is superior to the alchemist. The alchemist is in a constant state of fear and dread as a result of his occupation. He's afraid of all people. 
the most important man in the nation, the king counts down to the least important. He, he just doesn't want to be around people. He'll buy you stuff and zoom home, live a, live a, live a quiet life. However, some who trust in Hashem, even the great and respect, respectable people will fear him. Not only that, even the animals, even the stones want to do his will. Like it says in Psalm chapter 91, and this is something we say, unfortunately, when someone has passed on, we say it in the uh, in the cemetery, we say chapter 91, where it elaborates how someone who trusts in Hashem will be saved from all kinds of harm. Like it says also in Eoi, in six troubles, Hashem will save you. In the seventh, no harm will touch you. In famine, he redeemed you from death. And as it continues until the end of the chapter. So the fifth benefit of someone who trusts in Hashem is not only he doesn't, not only that he's not scared of people, but people honor him. Where do we see this idea that even the animals respect you, even the stones? Well, you guys, you're familiar with the story of Daniel and the lions, Daniel being thrown into the lion's pit. Nebuchadnezzar, the king who destroyed the first base Amigdash, he heard that Daniel was davening, Tashem, which was prohibited and punishable by death. And he threw him to the lions to be torn apart. And the lions protected him. Similarly, we have a similar story of Avram Avinu. When the king at the time found out that he had broken the idols in his father's shop, he threw him into a fiery furnace. And the fanny came out alive. So the animals itself, the stones themselves respect you. We learned that when Mashiach comes, the stones upon which you walk will tell everybody what you were thinking. It's quite a scary quite a scary uh, idea we learn. Your private thoughts, the stone will, will say. The stones are also godly. Any kind, I, I, feel like I'm, I feel like I'm just uh, talking. Thumbs up, thumbs down. I mean, I am just talking to be clear. Any questions? <laughs> just listening. Sure. I find, I, f I find this concept of um, trust and trusting in Hashem. And I think it's n natural for you in your environment to have that kind of, for want of a better expression, blind faith. Um, I recognize certain things in my life that couldn't have happened without Hashem's help. But I don't know if I have that blind faith, that total trust that I can not have a sleepless night and just trust that 
somehow Hashem is helping me out. Mark, firstly, I appreciate the compliment um, and the trust that you have in me and my trust in Hashem. I, I take that as a big compliment. Thank you. It's, it's something that I consistently, I constantly struggle with as well. Um, and we're growing it. But what I'd like to request is um, that we revisit that when we finish. Because okay. we're just learning the benefits of trust. We haven't even discussed what trust is and how we get and, and when we should have trust. What is trust? So um, bear with us as we go through the introduction. We learn why it's exciting to talk about trust. Um, but we will get into the nitty gritty. And I, I hope that you'll um, walk away with some powerful, real um, tool on what trust is and how we, it's applicable to all of us. Okay. Now I want to conclude, Mark, that I appreciated your honesty. So thank you. Okay. Let's learn. Yeah, let's learn two more. Let's learn the sixth and seventh advantage that the alchem that the one who trusts in Hashem has over the alchem. Number six. Let's go back to. The Hashishi, the sixth manner in which one who has been talking is superior to the alchemist. The alchemist is not protected from sickness and disease, which disturb his contentment with his wealth and which do not let him derive benefits from the possessions which he has. Likewise, they stop him from enjoying the wealth he has amassed as a result of his hard work. The alchemist, he could get sick, and the money won't mean much to him. Now, to, to contrast this, in number two, we said that the alchemist, the work he does itself, is dangerous and could cause sickness. That was the second advantage of someone who trusts in Hashem, that his work is not dangerous. But here we're saying, even if the alchemist's work was a healthy work, the sixth advantage is that the alchemist is susceptible to, to um, sickness and disease, and the wealth will be of no benefit to him. We learn that at the time of the destruction of the Beis Amidash, there was a very wealthy woman and she took her money and she threw it out into the street. And she said, well, this won't get me anywhere. We also learn in recent times about people that lived um, in different eras, in different periods, um, that they, they also took money and threw it in the streets because the money had no value. You could have a lot of money, but if there's a, a great depression, or if there's nothing to buy, if there's no food to buy with the money, it's not going to help you. So the alchemist, remember, he has all the money, but the money's not going to get you everything. If you, if someone, if someone, you know, sick, or if their spouse is sick, their children, the, the money's not worth it. It's not worth anything anymore. Conversely, one who trusts the Almighty is protected from disease and sickness. 
So you're going to say, I know people that trust in Hashem that get sick. El al kapara. So the so Rabbeinu Bachai says, except for disease and sickness, which he is subject to as a means of atonement for his sin. So the first reason why someone with trust in Hashem would get sick is to is to cleanse a sin that he did. Or as to increase his reward in the next world by someone being able to handle another challenge in this world, his reward in the world to come is even greater. So not that he's being punished with sickness, but actually Hashem is telling him, handle this, so I could give you even more in the world to come. To Maisha Kasev, like the verse says, the yi'afun arm v'yigo u'vachurim kasho now youth shall become tired and weary and young men shall stumble. But those who put their hope in Hashem shall renew their vigor. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord supports the righteous. So the sixth benefit is that someone who trusts in Hashem, he's not going to get sick unless it's a method of purification for him or it's to increase his reward in the world to come. In contrast to the alchemist which could which may get sick and that's and he still won't be able to even enjoy the money. The Ashvi, the seventh, and we'll conclude with number seven. The seventh benefit is the seventh benefit. How the al- how the person must be talking is greater than the alchemist. Shabala kimia Asher shaleyagia elmezoynas v'mashiyesh etli minazav akesa. It is possible that the alchemist will not be able to use the gold and silver that he has to obtain his food. Due to the fact that food may not be accessible in his city at certain times. Like the verses, they will cast their silver into the streets. As the verse, another verse says, neither their silver nor their gold will be able to save them. So the alchemist, with all the money, number six, we said he could get sick. He could get sick. Number seven, we're saying he could be healthy, but he can't, the, the money won't buy him anything. Someone who trusts in Hashem will not be lacking food at any time or in any place until the end of his days. Like the verse says in In famine, Hashem redeemed you from death. The Yamar, we, we quoted earlier. Psalm 23, Hashem is my shepherd, I'm not going to lack any wants. They will not be ashamed in times of calamity, and in days of famine, they shall still be satisfied. So we've learned eight, I'm sorry, seven advantages that the person with Bitochen has over the alchemist. Let's review them. 
Number one, and you could follow me here on this page, the alchemist's success depends on materials. A person with Bitochein is sustained by a sense of limitless materials, limitless resources. The alchemist, his craft is dangerous. A person with Bitochein having trust in Hashem, nothing dangerous about that. The alchemist needs to be, needs to be secretive. No one's allowed to know. Trust in Hashem. Ha! I'm so excited to tell you about my trust in Hashem. The alchemist is scared to have large sums of money. He's going to worry at night about it. Someone with Hashem is confident that Hashem will always take care of his needs. The alchemist is scared of people. He doesn't want people to know what he does. He doesn't want the king to find out. A person with trust in Hashem, he's a people's person. Everybody loves him. They're asking his advice. They respect him. The alchemist, can get sick. A person with Bitochein is protected from sickness unless it is for his benefit. And the last one we've learned tonight is that the alchemist has no guarantee that he will find food to buy with his money. The money may not help him, but someone who trusts in Hashem is always assured of sustenance from Hashem. Um, thank you all for joining.